Howdy, everyone. Hey, Juliet. Hi, Carter. <laughs> uh, you're watching... What's the name of the show, Juliet? You can do some of this. Come on. Right. <laughs> you're watching Narrative Dissonance. Uh, yes. So what's today? You're on Unsafe Space. I'm Carter. That's Juliet. It's August 29th, according to my, yes. my Mac. Um, we're on Rumble, Odyssey, YouTube, Twitter, uh, and Gab. I don't know. We do some stuff on Gab. Juliet's more a Gab person, aren't you? I am. I'm a Gab person. Yeah. Uh, this is a show in which we, we bring in journalists from outside the mainstream and talk to them about, hey, what are we being lied to? What are we maybe not paying attention to that we should? How are we being misled? All that kind of stuff. Uh, before we bring on today's guest, don't forget to make sure you're subscribed. YouTube uh, likes to unsubscribe people. So just go make sure you're subscribed there. You can always watch at unsafespace.com because the live stream is embedded there as well if you don't want to be on YouTube directly. Uh, and then we have two books coming up for book club. Our next book club is September 25th. It's The Satanic Verses by Salman Rushdie. I feel like I need to say... I, people who don't know it think that we're doing some sort of satanic thing. Like I've seen some comments like, I'm going to stick to my Bible. I'm like, it's not a, <laughs> we're not, it's, this is, we're not like sacrificing chickens and stuff. It's a fiction book written by Salman Rushdie. And he, I looked it up recently. He had a $6 million bounty put on his head by Ayatollah Khomeini when he wrote this book and a fatwa issued against him. Um, it's, uh, it's considered, uh, I guess it's considered blasphemy by certain divisions of the Islam religion. So that's the next book. If you want to get a want to get a start on that, September twenty fifth. That's our next book. And after that, Juliet's got it. Yeah, um, October thirtieth. Um, we're gonna do Slaughterhouse Five. Um, I'm really excited. I've read it before, but I really liked it. And I mean, it's something some people have read, but a lot of people have just heard about it. And it's a lot shorter than the satanic verses. <laughs> um, so it'll just be a fun one. It's a World War II themed. So, you know, I think that we'll all enjoy that one. I was ready for, I haven't, I'm in the latter category. I've only heard about it. Uh, and um, I was ready for like a fun, relaxing, short read book. And then the Salman Rushdie stabbing came out. Uh, and so we were like, I guess we we probably should read this book that caused all the controversy. So we'll do that one first. But I'm totally ready for Slaughterhouse Five. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that one. And Johnny Boy Quick Draw in chat says it's a fiction book. That's exactly what the devil would say, Carter. <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> non falsifiable uh, assumption. Okay. Um, what else we have? I guess that's it for now. Let's just, I don't want to keep delaying because Megan's poor Megan is sitting there probably drinking, listening to us babble. Um, today's panelists, we have the lovely regular thumbed, uh, not toe thumbed Megan Fox. Uh, she's an award-winning journalist, broadcaster, author of believe evidence, the death of due process from Salome to me too. And shut up the bizarre war that one public library waged against the first amendment. She's on Twitter at Megan Fox writer. And she's on Gab at Megan Fox. And you can find her on PJ Media. We'll put the link below, but you can basically just go to slash columnist slash Megan dash Fox. And there she is. Megan. <laughs> <laughs> you are not oh, look. far off. <laughs> you are not far off. I was sitting here drinking. 
And you know what else I did while I was sitting here? You even have salt on that rim, by the way. That is, a, it's like you're not just yeah, drinking I a, a beer. I made yeah. a margarita. Yeah, she's a professional. I like it. I <laughs> I take my drinking very seriously. Um, the Satanic Verses, by the way, I just put a hold on for the audiobook for my little app I have here from the library. And I'm going to join you on that because I've never read it. And anything that makes Muslims so angry that they try to kill people over, I definitely want to read. I just think that should be a rule. I think everybody should just read the thing that they don't want you to read. Mm-hmm. If you're willing I to kill over it, agree. you should be reading. Right? Yeah. So I just, That's I just why I want hold to read on it. it. Nice. <laughs> Are we doing book club? Do you do a book club? Can I be Yeah, we do a that? book club. It's on it's like roughly once a month on Sundays. Um I so, wanna be I wanna do that. Can yay. I yeah, come in? Yay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We'll talk about this book. So uh that How was, many yeah. chapters? How many chapters do I have to read before we talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you read what you want. It's it is the audio version is available. So Yeah, I know. Uh, I just put a hold on it. I'm very It's excited like twenty about hours of audio or something. It's awesome. a long yeah, I think it's kind of long. Um, oh, well. I but I had no interest it. in this book until I found out, like, oh, this is why they hate him. I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now I have to read it. Right. It's like Geert Wilders. You know, you have to, like, read the stuff that they said they wanted to kill him over, too. I mean, just a, crazy people. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. crazy what is happening. I knew the yeah. second I heard that Rushdie was um, stabbed, I knew it was from the fatwa. I knew this years ago that he was under... Um, you know, he was in danger and they were, you know, he was hiding out somewhere in the United States. Yep. Uh, it's just crazy that this is still going on. It's crazy that this is still going on. But OK, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a religion. Uh, I don't want to speak for Islam because I'm not an expert at all. But I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a religion that can hold grudges for quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The grudge holding is impressive. It's impressive yeah. how long, how long they yeah. can do it. Uh, you know, I, can't we all just get along in the words of the great Rodney no. King? Can't we all, can't we all just, just pour a margarita and see, maybe that's the problem. Islam does not allow people to drink alcohol and perhaps that could be part of the problem. Like calm down, have a drink, <laughs> chill out. And not, I don't know. I'm not sure that a bunch so of drunk so radicals is better. Is that- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It might be tamer because they're not drinking. Who knows? Wasn't it it can always Franklin? get worse. Wasn't it Benjamin Franklin who said, beer is proof that God loves us <laughs> and wants us to be happy? You know? I agree I have with not heard statement. that. But <laughs> I it sounds like a Benjamin statement. Franklin thing to say. This is why yeah. I like America, America so much because, you know, we have the appreciation for these kinds of things. <laughs> we do. We do. All right. Well, look uh, – I'm particularly – and so I knew nothing about this case until you mentioned it to me yesterday. I went back and I read, Megan, all of your stuff since 2019 oh, did about you? it. That's um, interesting. Okay. And uh, can you just – first of all, so that I don't sound like the complete moron that I feel like – how do we say this person's last name? Absug. Cynthia Absug. Absug. Yeah, this okay. is like an S. All right, so we're going to talk to Megan about the story of Cynthia Absug. Now, this is a woman, just for a little bit of background for those of you who don't know, as I didn't, this is a woman who was accused of medical child abuse and actually also a charge related to kidnapping conspiracy, uh, even though 
as you'll learn, uh, there's no remotely convincing evidence of either. So uh, the mainstream media just ate it up. They called her QAnon mom. Uh, this went to trial. The trial wrapped up last week, and she was actually convicted. Yeah, I'm interested to know what you, how you saw it after you read what I wrote about it, and then knowing that she was found guilty on two counts. How, how does that make you feel? I was I was super surprised at the last article, which was the the verdict, right? Um, but yeah, I, I was surprised because I guess even though I'm a curmudgeon who's black billed who basically has very little faith in people. I still thought she would probably not get convicted. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's no evidence of any of this. Right. And look, there's two separate things here. So let's let because this is a very complicated case. Yeah. No. By so, the way, start from the beginning because people don't know anything. Into, about I'm going to try not to get into too much detail and just break it down in in what I think will be the easiest way to look at it. There are two separate charges that she was charged with. One was medical child abuse which is a very nebulous term. This is what they now call Munchausen by proxy. They don't use the term Munchausen anymore because they know that most people think it's you know bullshit and there's it's very, very hard to diagnose and who knows if they've got it right. So they dropped that. And by the way, Cindy had a psychological exam to rule out Munchausen and she passed it with flying colors. She does not have it. And I heard the prosecutor acknowledge it during pretrial hearings because they were arguing about whether or not to bring that into the case her psychological evaluation, which they asked for, and she passed. And guess what? It didn't come into the case. So <laughs> the judge- But her gun ownership did. So that's but her gun ownership, yeah. But the gun ownership did. Um, you know, when, and here's another thing, like, okay, so that's the other charge. That's the conspiracy charge. Let's stick with the medical abuse. If you went over all of this woman's medical records from the time her son was two months old through her Florida stay- when he was like, from the time he was like two months old to five, there is nothing in the record at all that would give you any indication that this woman lied or fabricated or exaggerated anything. It was all asked for by doctors. Like doctors, she brought him in because he had a, a small seizure that she recognized. She, she recognized the seizure. She brings him in. She tells the doctor. He refers to neurology. They get EEGs. The EEGs are abnormal. The, the first one's abnormal and the next four are abnormal. Those four abnormal EEGs, that can't be faked. You cannot fake that. That's doctors doing that. If they misdiagnosed him, fine. Like then it's their fault. But I Not have this, I, yeah. have, I have covered so many stories where hospitals or doctors like had this medically complex child and they couldn't figure it out and they couldn't figure it out. And so because their liability continues to grow with each, each diagnosis they make that is not right, just think about that, right? You keep mm -hmm. on diagnosing a kid with something he doesn't have. Suddenly your liability keeps going up and up. So they get worried and they end up charging the parents with medical neglect or Munchausen to cover up the fact that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about and they don't know what's wrong with this kid. So, excuse my language, I'm very upset about no, this. No, no, that's okay. I just, just have a quick question. It, there's no like, uh, there's no I don't know checkbox on the diagnosis form. Like you can't say, actually we don't know and like you don't have to cover it up. Is that, can't you just be like, uh, yeah, so, okay, I'm not so omniscient. While she was in Florida, the doctors decided that the child had, first they said narcolepsy. And they gave him like a narcolepsy. We think it's narcolepsy. Uh, th so that's what she was told. So now if you imagine you're a lay person, you don't know the medical 
jargon. They told her it's narcolepsy and it's not really a big deal. He's just going to fall unconscious for a few seconds and come back awake. And there's nothing to really be done about it. So don't worry about it. So she didn't. And she didn't report when he had these sleepy episodes because she was under the impression it was this non-harmful right. narcolepsy, right? right? Then they say, well, now we're not sure if it's narcolepsy. It could be it could be something, it could be a seizure disorder like epilepsy, but we're not catching it. That's when they started uh, putting him on the EEGs. They had multiple EEGs found four irregular ones. By the end of his Florida, five years in Florida, they had done gone back and forth. They had tried some seizure medications, but took him off of it because his mother reported he was doing poorly, bad side effects. She didn't want him on it. She never wanted him on the medication. They tried two different ones. One, he was banging his head against the crib. So she said, no, no more of that. That Forget that. Eventually, because of the four EEGs that are abnormal and a hospitalization that occurred, they decided to put him on Topamax. Topamax is an anti-seizure drug. It has a lot of bad side effects, including muscle weakness. Um, oh, it slows your mental capacity. So you, would, you could have learning disabilities. You could have um, low IQ, stuff like that. Um, but can we just pause for a moment? Like the seizures were real. Like he was having seizures. And my understanding is even doctors saw some like other other people yeah. witnessed seizures. Doctor and seizures could be deadly. I mean, they're not good. Yeah, that's what he told her. So he tells her, I don't know what kind of seizures your son is having, but they could be life threatening. I don't know. Uh-huh. So you, you're a mother. You hear this about your son. What do you do? You think and is, if you're like me and you're overprotective anyway, you're like life-threatening seizures and heat can trigger it. Well, then my kid's never going into the heat. And, you know, if he could die, you know, you're, you're, you're overprotective, right? Is there anything wrong with being overprotective of a kid you've been told could die if, if, if in the sun too long or whatever, whatever the heck. Yeah. Doctors are prescribing this drug with side effects that presumably you wouldn't prescribe if it weren't uh, worth it because there was a big risk. Yes. And during the time in Florida, they wanted to do a lumbar puncture on the kid. And Cindy said, no, I don't want to do that. And that was the children's hospital that wanted to do that. She said, no, that's subjecting him to what scares me. I don't like it. She calls her doctor, Dr. Wong. She gets on the record. The nurse makes a note that she called and her message says uh, and says, I don't want to do this. Do we have to? I don't want to do this lumbar puncture. What do you think? And then after having a conversation with the doctor, she decided, no, she wasn't going to let him do it. So they didn't do it there. Eventually, Dr. Wong says, listen, we've reached the end of what I can do for him. I really think he would benefit if you took him to the Children's Hospital in Colorado, because that's where the the greatest specialists in our country are. That's where they all are. I'm going to refer you there. Yeah, I know you'll have to pick up your life and move. She had to leave her grown children behind. She had two grown children and she had to pick up her life, take her 15 year old and her five year old and and move to, or maybe she was 14 at the time. I don't know. And move to Colorado for this. They had to get a court order to do it because she was having a custody issue in Florida with the, the other one's dad. they moved to Colorado with the permission of the judge in the custody case. I have the record. I printed it. The judge says, yes, you have to go to Colorado. So you are released to do that. Um, the daughter has a no contact order with dad. The judge rules that he's dangerous to her and doesn't want her having even phone calls. So they get into some like modified witness protection program through the court. So he can't find them. So they have like a, the state does this thing. This is really kind of interesting when I found this out, where if you are, um, a victim of domestic abuse or whatever, you can have your 
all your mail sent to the county where you live and then the county forwards it to you so that your address is protected. And they were in that program. They each had ID cards for that um, to keep. So the best he could do would be to track down their county. Right. Um, uh -huh. but, that, but then that would be it. But then they, he wouldn't know where, right? Right. So they're in that. They have the cards or whatever. They go. She immediately puts him in school there at the Pioneer Elementary School in Colorado in Douglas County. And she immediately takes him to see Dr. Abigail Collins, who is the doctor that was recommended by Wong. Collins, oh, and Wong told her, be prepared for a year of finding out what is going on. It's going to take about a year before they get to the bottom of any diagnosis. So she's ready for a long haul, but she's expecting this is temporary. Once this is done and they have a real diagnosis, they can go back to Florida. She takes him. Collins starts working him up for all kinds of things. So she's ordering tests. She's ordering more EEGs, x-rays. She's ordering physical therapy, occupational therapy. The kid does a um, neuropsychological evaluation. He's found to have a 72 IQ, which is low. He's found to have um, uh, difficulty concentrating. They think maybe ADHD. They have mentioned autism. They don't know. They are working stuff up. Now imagine though, you're this mother and you're hearing all of this stuff. You're hearing autism, you're hearing ADHD, you're hearing possible um, muscle skeletal problems. They were looking for a tissue connective disorder. They were looking for Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. They were looking for all these, trying to figure out like, what could this be? Meanwhile, who knows what her communication was with the school. It was probably not, not great. Schools are not good about um, giving your kids services that they need, like IEPs and whatever. His doctors are telling her he needs a paraprofessional at school, someone to go with him and help him with, you know, putting on his coat or whatever, just someone to be with him. So that's what she's advocating for. Who knows how those conversations went. If any of you have ever battled with a school about anything relating your kid, you might know that sometimes they get hostile, right? <laughs> even it's not private schools that you're paying get hostile. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, they totally I'm sure public's do. public's even worse. Yeah. They totally do. They totally get hostile when if you are the parent, you're up against the school, like you're the enemy, the, the, the parents are the enemy, school looks at you that way. So who knows? Maybe she did exaggerate to them. Who knows? Maybe she said he was worse than he was. I don't know why it matters if you're saying that to a school official. I don't know why that's medical abuse. She was never saying anything to the doctors that she didn't see. You know, she was never, nothing was going on with the, so who knows what her conversations were. These are the people who come on the stand and say things like, she told me her son was terminal. Well, did she really tell you that? Or did she say that my son has life-threatening seizures? Right. <laughs> right. Right. Or are you exaggerating what she said? Cause you don't like her and you didn't want to pay for the paraprofessional in the first place. And they never did. They never gave her what she wanted. Are they looking for a way to get rid of her? She's too much trouble. She's, you know, so they got two people from the same school to say, she told me her son was dying. The social worker. Well, by who, the way, what, so is, is it like, is it, is there a law? It's illegal to, to lie to school yeah. officials? Like, yeah, is that, it apparently you can go to jail for lying but the, but to school that, officials. Even if yeah. that's illegal, that's not the same no. as medical abuse of your child. No, it's that's not. A it's not illegal. Thing. It's actually not illegal at all. Oh, and it's to, not illegal. Okay, there to you tell go. anyone anything you want, as long as that's not leading to some kind of harm of your child. And I still to this day don't know what the prosecution said the harm to this child was, except for a lumbar puncture, which she didn't want to do. 
and uh, regular blood tests and EEGs and an x-ray. Those are the things that they're like saying is some kind of injury. None of those things causes injury. And by the way, the second lumbar puncture was ordered by Dr. Collins. Cindy is again on record saying, I don't want that lumbar puncture. Do I have to do it? And Collins writes back and says, look, it's no more difficult or dangerous than a regular blood draw. And it might help us find out what we're looking for. So yes, I believe it's needed. Cindy agrees. Did oh. she, did Megan oh. freeze for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, gosh, like, this is wild. It, the whole story is, is, is so, so well, maybe we should back up. Someone was just asking what today's topic is. We'll let okay, Megan yeah. sort herself out for a second. But, um, I mean, the, the broad strokes, there's a mom with a, a kid who, uh, he was from an early age, had a bunch of problems. She lived in Florida. I think it was Florida. Um, and uh, moved to Colorado to deal with some of these issues a after a referral from a doctor um, saying you had to go do this. And what we'll be talking about here, uh, I want to let Megan, I want to let Megan be the one to finish the story, but basically we're going to be talking about her uh, eventual trial. Um, she was accused of, they, they basically accused her of Munchausen's by proxy. They accused her of medical abuse of her, uh, child, even though all the doctors are busy, she never like lied to a doctor or did anything, you know, she's following the advice of doctors. Um, and so, and the verdict just was, uh, came in, I think last week. Uh, so I don't want to give anything away, <laughs> but that's the, that's the story of where we are. And, and if you want to look her up, her up, her name is Cynthia Absug. It's A B C U G. And you can look this stuff up, but she was, I'm sure Megan will get into this, but she, the mainstream media did not treat her well, likely due to politics, which I think Megan will probably get into. While we're waiting for Megan, um, maybe we should, we should switch topics for a quick minute. I'm trying to think if there's a short one. Do you have a short one we can talk about? I do, actually. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I was like, this is actually kind of a quick one, so oh, awesome. Um, so... I'm sure many people are aware that the White House specifically, but the left wing is calling Republican lawmakers um, hypocrites because they took the PPP loans during the pandemic, the payment protection plan loans, and their loans were forgiven. So they're saying, oh, well, you're a hypocrite for not wanting to um, forgive college loans because you accepted money hi megan <laughs> megan's back we had, brownout. we had a brownout i'm so sorry about that oh. i don't know how it's gonna go i'm reconnected through my uh hot spot on my phone so because the wi-fi went down and there's a big rolling thunderstorm coming through so there who knows go. if i'm gonna if i'm gonna uh oh, wow. last very much longer but they well, let's let's, the let's pause juliet's story yeah, and go back yeah, to megan sorry. and pick up where we were yeah. <laughs> The prosecution used so much against her that as a parent, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I've done the same thing in these situations. How do I how am I protected as a parent with one child? I have one child who's more medically fragile than the others. She has unexplained things. I they suggested I take her for an EEG. Now I'm like, I, I, I don't think I should do it. I'm just going to say I don't think anything's wrong anymore. I, I don't think anything's wrong. Don't don't look. Because 
what happens if they think you're making it up? You end up in jail, charged with medical abuse? That is basically their entire argument that she made up the symptoms her son was having at home in order to get tests run on him and, and attention from doctors. They literally did not find any motive for her to do this. She wasn't holding any rallies for him and there were no GoFundMes for his care. There were no, no none of that. She wasn't trying to raise money for any reason until they took her kid. When did they any took of her, her doctors kid, say that she just seemed like Munchausen by proxy kind no, of person? No, did the doctors, doctors wrote letters Dr. Wong and Dr. Collins both wrote letters and gave interviews to the Department of Health and Human Services. They told them, I have no concerns that this woman is a child abuser. These tests were all done on our uh, orders, all because we were trying to figure out what was happening. Both of her, the top neurologist in Colorado said this in a letter to her, said I would not have done anything differently. They did not listen to my opinion saying about DHS. CPS did not listen to Dr. Collins when she told them that she didn't think there was abuse in this case. She also recommended that Cindy be at the appointments, his medical appointments, even with when he was in foster care. And they never allowed that. They never allowed her to to be at those appointments. She has never been accused of abusing her son. This boy is loved. He is clearly taken care of. Everything in the house was was you know well put together, and he was safe at home. They wrote that on the thing. Now the the social worker who came to see Cindy the first time she she was called by some therapist, a physical therapist, who said that Cindy had told him that her son was dying of a brain tumor. Turns out the kid has a mass on his brain, but it's it's some kind of benign cyst. It's a benign cyst. Well, if you're the mom, though, with a kid who keeps having seizures where he loses consciousness, urinates on himself and shakes as a baby, if you're that mom and you hear he has a mass on his brain, might you call that a tumor? And might you be worried that he might die and no one ever figured out it wasn't benign? Might you think, there's a million things you could think, but when you hear your kid has a mass on the brain, I just, I, I challenge you all to think about how you would react if you heard that. And you might tell someone, you might be like, well, he has a tumor. So maybe that's well, part of the problem. he's been having seizures that they can't figure out. And he's been out. having seizures. Yeah. Right? Ugh, it makes me so angry, this whole thing. And you don't get anything out of telling a, a physical therapist. It's not like he's going to be, like, he can't do anything. So no. physical therapist. In fact, her no. defense attorney asked the therapist directly. He said, did anything she told you change what you did for him in physical therapy? He said, no. He said, well, does your physical therapy hurt hurt him? Did it hurt him? No. That wasn't why he was referred there. He wasn't referred. He was referred there because he had testing done that showed muscle weakness in the top half of his legs. He was supposed to be working on getting that stronger. They also told Cindy to put him in leg braces that would do the same thing. So she does that. She goes and gets leg braces. And now the prosecution is using it against her to say that she stuck her kid in leg braces who didn't need to be in them because he could walk. Well, yeah, he could walk, but he got tired a lot. They also used it against her that she put her five and six-year-old in a stroller. Well, when he was tired, she put him in a stroller. Look, I have had, I have three children. When we were at Disney World, I had my six-year-old in a stroller. You, is that something, is that wrong? Am I, like this, these are the things they used against her. Him riding in a stroller at the age of five and six is somehow abuse. So, I, so, so this therapist reports her based on a comment she made and 
the what results is fascinating to me. I mean, like scary, but it opens up this entire CPS investigation, and they take this this child who clearly needs special attention um, away from his mom and throw him into what he's seven at this time. Throw yeah, him into take him when he's seven to foster care. Yeah. So they also use the fact that they said she took him out of school in kindergarten and first grade. No, she didn't. She took him out of school in Florida in kindergarten to bring him to Colorado and put him in school there. So it was literally the time they took to drive there. Then she put him in school. He graduated from the kindergarten in Colorado. During first grade is when they had the fight with the school about the paraprofessional. She had to get a lawyer to explain to the school why she was pulling him out. The doctor, his own pediatrician named Dr. Finney, suggested she homeschool him. She follows the doctor's advice. The doctor testified and she admitted she she told her that and that she told her that because she thought it was the best thing. Now they ask her, well, now that you know and you've seen all these records, would you have done the same thing? And of course, the doctor's like, well, no, I wouldn't. And I don't well, know these, how. These because records, she was getting- let's talk about what these records are, too, because they found so she had a gun legally. Mm-hmm. She had QAnon bracelets. Right. Am I correct? Which, in her house? Yeah. Which, what? And she wrote something on the calendar about going to the gun range. Right. That's the. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. Basically. Yeah. Well, and they turn the overt action into. Okay. So now we're getting into part two. So I've given you right. as much as the medical abuse stuff that I think I can. It, it, there's not, there's not a lot of evidence that says she did anything to this child other than what doctors told her to do. There are five people, including her. So she's one of the five witnessed seizures and we heard from the prosecution's own star witness her daughter hannah that hannah was holding him when he had a big seizure so she saw it dr wong saw it which is in the notes it's in the records uh cindy saw it her oldest son jake saw it uh and somebody else oh cheryl moss a therapist who also testified that she saw the staring seizures he also had absence seizures what you need to know is that the doc- Dr. Collins, almost immediately after they got to Colorado, started weaning him off the Topamax with Cindy's help. And Cindy was all for it. She was like, I don't want him on this drug. I think it's done bad things to him. So that's good that you think we should take him off. I think so, too. So they started weaning him off. That's when CPS comes in, and that's when CPS takes him. While he is weaning off of the Topamax, their main claim is he, got, he gets off the Topamax in like six weeks. After that, and even Cindy said in the first two weeks he was getting off, he's much better. He's not having seizures. Topamax, by the way, can increase seizures. So there's that. Not having seizures, getting better, getting off the drug, have better appetite. She's reporting all these positive things. Then CPS takes him. Four more weeks go by. They wean him completely off the Topamax, and he suddenly has no problems at all. He's not sick. He's not seizing. He doesn't have muscle weakness. His his impairment has has gone away. He's like doing better in school. He's learning. He's focusing, still has ADHD, maybe still autism. They, they really didn't, they really didn't say, they just said he was doing really well in math, really well in reading, reading above his grade level. So that's all great news, but that's kind of what they expected to happen when he got off the Topamax, right? CPS is taking credit for this is what you're saying. Oh yeah. They're saying they were right. That she was causing his, disability somehow but they didn't prove how 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 do you get fake eegs how do you fake an eeg 
you're not going to get six abnormal EEGs on a kid who's perfectly healthy, are you? And the prosecution did not deny that he had febrile seizures when he was a baby, but they kept on telling the jury, no one's ever seen these seizures. There's been no witnesses. After we heard his own witness say she witnessed one, he continued to tell the jury no one else witnessed it. I don't know how he's allowed to do that, Gary Dawson of Douglas County. I don't know how you're allowed to just turn around and lie to the jury about what your witness just said. He did it so many times. All right, so the second part, the conspiracy part. Um, In order to prove a conspiracy, you have to have an overt act in furtherance of the criminal conspiracy. So what happened to Cindy is she got, because they took her son, they took him without due process. She never got an evidentiary hearing. I was there this whole time. I witnessed what she went through with lawyers. It was hell. Her first lawyer, Cynthia Fletcher, never filed anything that I could see. I asked her for, what did you file? Did you do this for your client? And as soon as I contacted her, and said, hey, you're not withdrawing, and she wanted you to. Can you please tell me what's going on so I'm reporting on this case? She gets off the case. She withdraws without another word. Um, She never filed anything on Cindy's behalf. Didn't get her into court. Didn't get her in front of a judge. Meanwhile, she's not allowed to see her son at all. They are keeping her completely away from him, calling it a – they're worried about coaching or something that I don't know. It's so cruel. The first time she was able to see him, they told her she wasn't allowed to tell him that she loved him. I don't know what kind of sickness. What? Yeah. She wasn't allowed to tell him that she that, loved that's him. That's abuse. <laughs> Only or the state would make a mom telling her kid that she loves him is abuse. It's coaching. Yeah. 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 So. There was a lot of bad stuff going on with the custody thing. She didn't have a good lawyer. She finally, she hires another lawyer. That lawyer looks at it. He's a former attorney general. And he's like, I've never seen anything like this. I need to file a habeas corpus. So he does. He files a habeas corpus, which has produced the body. We want to see the child because you have taken this child. There's been no evidentiary hearing. We don't think you even have him legally. You should produce the child. Somehow the court ignores it for about a month. Then they rule on it, and of course they rule against it. They deny it with no real explanation. She still knows, no, it's been 90 days or something. No contact with her son whatsoever. No idea what's going on whatsoever. Then she had to, she had to let him go because she couldn't pay his bill anymore. Thousands and thousands of dollars to pay these people to do this. She's not entitled to an attorney uh, through the system because it's custody court or whatever. So she has to I buy her own ask, attorney. It's family court. It's not criminal court or anything. Yeah. She was, she was given an attorney the first time, but that one was so bad. She never wanted to go back and ask again because she never filed anything on her behalf. Why would she? Um, so anyway, that all was such a disaster that I understand why she fell for what happened next. She started reaching out on Twitter to people for help. She found these communities of moms, you know, who all this had happened to, where their rights had been violated and their kids were taken without ever being able to speak on their own behalf. Same thing that was happening to Cindy. She's finding all over online. You've seen them. They're Facebook groups, stop CPS groups. I'm in some of them. I know these parents. I report some of their stories. The CPS does do this terrible stuff. They do come to your house and remove your children for no reason, and they do it without due process, and they violate your Fourth Amendment rights, and they they violate all kinds of rights, okay? They do this. Um, So she found this big group of women. These women lead her to something called the Children's Crusade. I had never heard of it at the time. Um, But she was contacted by these people. They start manipulating her and telling her things that are not true, and she starts believing it. 
they tell her, and I believe truly this is a criminal organization. They've done it to at least four other women, possibly five. I heard about another one today that they make them believe that they work for the government. They were, they were telling them, they were telling these women that they were working for Donald Trump for his, some new security team and that they were um, connected to the Pentagon. Now I realize that this sounds crazy and all of us sitting in this room right now would be like, we would never fall for that. Like we would never fall for that. But you have also not been traumatized by the state. You did not have your child taken away. You did not go 90 days without speaking to him and not understanding why the court system wasn't working the way everyone said it was supposed to. So when someone says to her, the president knows that this is a criminal organization and they're going to, he's going to take them down and we're helping him do it. And we're going to go get your son and we're going to help you get your son back. We know how to do it. She's not getting any hope or help anywhere else. Her lawyers, lawyers can't help her. Lawyers literally said to her when she brought this children's crusade to them, she brought the children's crusade in, to her lawyer at the time and said, what do you think about these people? He was like, well, it doesn't hurt to try. You know, if they're saying they're children's advocates and that they have ways of getting children back through this terrible system that no one can figure out, well, why not? So her lawyer doesn't warn her. Nobody warns her about these people. Um, I may have said something, but, you know, at that point it was like, she's just too far gone. There's no other way for her to see um, that maybe this isn't what they say they are. She wants the the hope, right? Uh So they're helping her and they're saying they're going to get her legal help and they're going to get her financial help. They have people who are pretending to be lawyers, pretending to be like Christopher Hallett. Remember that name, Christopher Hallett. This is very important. He is a guy who runs a business called E-Clause, E-Clause, C-L-A-U-S-E. And he claims to get children back from CPS all the time from that are taken illegally. And he claims that his legal documents get that done. Well, his legal documents are nothing but sovereign citizen bullshit, but parents fall for this because they're desperate and no attorneys can help them. You know, they think that they're and they're telling them we've gotten, you know, hundreds of children back. It's not true. But how are you supposed to know that? You know, you've got like PTSD or whatever from whatever the government did to you. She ends up, this group convinces her that she's in danger. She's, you know, in danger from the FBI, that they're coming after her, that the county wants her in jail. And they'll stop at nothing. Her daughter, and they also, in the meantime, her back door gets broken into. So she's scared. She's a single mom. She's by herself. Her son's been taken. Her daughter, Hannah, is still in the house. And she feels that they're unsafe. So this group, the Children's Crusade, tells her, well, Ryan's going to be coming through town. And he's ex-military. And he can sleep on your couch and, you know, so that you're not scared while you figure out what you're going to do, you know, buy a gun or whatever, fix get the door fixed, all this stuff. So she says, yes, she allows this man to come to the house. Well, her daughter freaks out. Daughter doesn't want some weirdo in the house, which is understandable. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Totally understandable. She somehow comes up with whether she overheard Ryan talking or whoever knows, she says she heard them talking about a raid on Christopher's uh, foster home where they're going to go get the kid kidnap the kid and give him back to Cindy. But she doesn't have any details. All she knows is that she heard the word raid in reference to her brother, but she doesn't know when, she doesn't know where, she doesn't think her mother knows where the foster family lives or even who they are. She knows that she bought the gun for protection because she goes and buys a gun and she puts on the gun receipt 
which the application, she puts on there self-protection, door broken into. Her defense attorney, I've seen this document, by the way, her defense attorney does not bring that in as evidence. Does not. Does not put the gun receipt in as evidence. But the state star witness, Hannah, the daughter, says, I know she bought the gun for protection. I know she was scared because the door got broken. I know that that's why she had it. I do not think she was going to use it for a raid. Their own star witness said that. It did not matter. Prosecution still told the jury that they could use the purchase of the gun as the overt act to, to the crime. This is a crime that never took place. It never. And there's no evidence it was planned other than hearsay. No, there's no email. There's no plan. There's no text message. And the prosecution asked her, how did you talk to the Children's Crusade? She said, well, on text message and on phone. I asked him afterwards. I said, did you get her text messages from her phone? He goes, no. I said, why not? Didn't you think there was the evidence of the conspiracy in the, she told you where she communicated with. So why didn't we see any text messages? He was like, I, I don't know. We didn't get it. They had nothing but the word of a 15 year old who may or may not have been very angry with her mom and wanted to get out of the house. She kept on saying, get into foster care as if it was a college. When I got into foster care, when I was in, you know, like, when I got into, it's a weird thing to say when I got into foster care, because the second she got into foster care, she was allowed to run around with boys and uh, do stuff her mom wasn't letting her do. I'll tell you that much. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. But this whole thing, the conspiracy charge was really, really weak. And even the uh, prosecutor admitted to me afterwards that he didn't think he was going to get it. And I think a prosecutor that knows he doesn't have a good case should have to side with the defense when the defense uh, moved for a motion to acquit on that charge he should have sided with the defense and said he's right i don't have jack but he didn't and that stupid jury i'm sorry but they are uh did not understand the law because there is no they considered the overt act could be and i knew that she was going to lose when the uh judge allowed the jury instructions to be you have to be unanimous on the injury for medical abuse but you don't have to be unanimous on the overt act for the conspiracy. So they could have chosen the purchase of the gun, the day marked on the calendar that said she was going to go to the gun range, which by the way, was the class that she signed up for that to teach women how to shoot guns. Cause when you buy a gun, there's a class, mm-hmm. right? It even right. says uh, thing for things that go bump in the night. That's the name of the class. Um, so it was either that the gun purchase, the thing on the calendar, Ryan coming to stay, Ryan Wilson coming to stay was the overt act maybe, according to the prosecution. So someone staying in your house. Not allowed to have anyone come stay in your house anymore, by the way. Not allowed. Because that's evidence that you're conspiring to do something nefarious. I, I, that's it. That's all they had. And and she's guilty on both counts. And it's So yeah, I, let's talk. What are the counts? Crazy. The count is, what are the two counts that she's Medical that she's child abuse. Medical okay. child abuse and conspiracy to kidnap. But the other conspirators were not arrested. They weren't even questioned. I asked the prosecutor afterwards, did you talk to Ryan Wilson, who you presented as a co-conspirator? You presented him as part of this conspiracy. And he said, well, the police tried to, but they were unable to. Uh, Unable? You have the police power. You can drag him into the station and make him answer questions. You could send the FBI after him like you sent the FBI after Cindy, because that's who picked her up, the FBI. They were following her. They knew everywhere she was, and they knew who she was with, and they never picked up anybody else but her for this conspiracy. Now, why is that? I mean, wouldn't the defense attorney also be interested in talking to this dude on the couch to see 
what was said? You would think so. So this is just horrible attorneys and a malicious call, prosecution. He didn't call. So, okay. Her defense attorney is a public defender. I don't think he's a bad lawyer. I think that he was overconfident. I think he did not spend the amount of time he needed to to prep for this case. I think he looked at it like we did and went, they have nothing. They have absolutely nothing. And they can't convict her on this because no, no reasonable person would. And then they got 12 unreasonable people to convict her on both charges with no evidence. So I don't necessarily think, I think he should have prepared more. I think he should have called more witnesses. Um, but I think even he was just thinking they couldn't possibly get anything on this. Who knows though? I mean, I have not spoken to him, so I don't know what his strategy was. And that was one of the problems too, is that he didn't share it. He didn't share it with her either. He didn't share his, what his strategy would be. She asked him multiple times to include other witnesses, including Dr. Wong and Dr. Collins. He didn't call them. She wanted an expert to testify about Topamax and the, the side effects and what would happen if they had misdiagnosed him and put him on it wrongly. He didn't call that person. And she found someone too. She found an expert who testifies about this. He didn't call him. Now, is there a problem with, with um, public defenders and the amount of budget they have next to the prosecution? Because that's something I'd really like to look into. Like, if you're accused of something, does the state have an unlimited budget to come after you? But if you have to use the public defender, you have a, a limit? Because if you do, that sucks. And that's not fair. That is not justice. If the prosecution can outspend you, and they had their own expert, they got an expert witness. So they had one of these expensive expert witnesses testifying against Cindy. They paid her to do that. And then the jury is prejudiced by the expert witness that Cindy doesn't have on her side. Um, yeah, I, that you would think at the very least, if the pro, for every dollar the prosecution spends, if, if it's the state, right, then, then the public defender should be able to spend the dollar as well. Right. It should be exactly the same, not mm -hmm. not weighted towards the state. And everything was weighted toward the state. The judge was highly prejudicial towards the state. She I counted how many objections that she overruled for the defense. And it was every single objection except for two. And for the prosecution, she sustained every single one of his objections except for two. So it was exactly the opposite. And. Also, her defense attorney did not object to several things that were decided in pretrial motions. And then the prosecutor goes and brings it up that he's not supposed to. And her defense attorney didn't object. There was a lot of lawyering here that I thought went very badly. Um, he did not. He was far too congenial with the other side. He was not aggressive in any way. He likes to think of himself as a good guy, I think, a, a nice guy. And I, that got in the way of her defense, if you ask me. From sitting in the gallery, that's what I saw. I saw someone who was very concerned about his being perceived as a nice guy. And unfortunately, she needed a bulldog. She needed somebody who wasn't say, afraid. You don't need a nice guy. You need a strong guy. Uh -huh. Yeah. 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 So, but you you get and, what you get when you get a public defender. You don't get to choose, you know. Yeah. And and the mainstream media. I had not been paying attention to the story other than through you just just uh, yesterday. But apparently, and I think some people in chat had been paying attention. Uh, she was crucified by the mainstream media. Do you want to talk about like what? Because she she's gone through a public trial of some. 
in some sense. Yeah, so the, the, the media began by calling her QAnon mom way back when. Okay, there is nothing about QAnon in this entire story. And in fact, the, one of the reporters that was in the room who had been covering the story since the way back beginning admitted to me, she was like, where's the QAnon stuff? I'm like, yeah, well, it never existed. And they started right. pulling it out of their headlines right up until she got convicted. And as soon as she got convicted, they all put QAnon mom back in the headline, even though they knew there was no connection to QAnon other than the bracelets. That's it. The bracelets. She and the bracelets. Brace- Let she me explain she- about the bracelets. This yeah, is so yeah, funny. Yeah. This could have happened to any one of us. Okay. She gets invited to go to a Trump lunch. This is before she goes with the crusade. This is before this is like she's her kids still stuck in foster care. She's still trying to find a lawyer. She gets invited to a Trump brunch. She goes. It's at a country club. There's tacos and stuff. She brings her daughter. She brings a friend and she meets a lawyer who takes her case at this thing. That's the only thing that happened at this lunch. She met. She was told to come because someone might have a lawyer. She met the lawyer. The lawyer took her case. Somebody handed her a bag of um, like those Livestrong bracelets, but this mm-hmm. one said the storm is upon us or whatever. She had no freaking clue what it meant. She takes it back to her apartment, throws it in a closet, never looks at it again. But they used that as evidence that she was a QAnon conspirator. I mean, it. It's crazy. She never wore the bracelet. She didn't hand them out to anybody. They were just literally sitting in her house because someone gave them to her at a Trump lunch. She's a registered Democrat. She does not She does not know about any of this stuff. She's not a truther. She's not a, none of it. She was going on the YouTube shows, though, of people who do believe in this stuff because they were the ones willing to listen to her. And she mm-hmm. would have told anybody what happened to her. She would have told anyone that the, that she thought that county services took her son illegally from her care. And so she's in trouble because she likes to talk and because she went on all these uh, uh, Q adjacent show. But, but even you know that Q's not real. Yeah, right? I, mean, I don't know what I don't even know what that what's a Q adjacent like. I'm sh- like <laughs> we've had some crazy people on our shows before. I'm sure some of them are Q adjacent kind of people or whatever. I don't know. I don't Who cares. Know. I don't know. Yeah. Her, okay. He made a big deal about her tweeting stuff about how the government the government sells kids into sex trafficking, and I'm like, I can show you ten articles right now from the AP, from NBC, from all kinds of places that you believe where the government got caught sex trafficking kids through foster care. Yep. In fact, in the State Department uh, 2019 report, it says 60 percent of our foster kids are victims of sex trafficking. Well, where do you think there's it's happening? It's happening in you said foster six, care. Was that a six zero you just said? 60. 60% of foster Holy kids crap. have been subjected to sex trafficking. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 a crisis. That's a crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look here. Let me show you this. Oh, let me see if I can pull it up because this is funny. I said, uh, I, I put this on Twitter because it was like, I think my favorite part of the prosecution's case is when he tried to make Cindy look crazy for saying that sex trafficking and foster care is linked. Here, I'm gonna bring this up so you can see it. I'm gonna share it, because you're gonna love this. Okay. I can prove that foster care and sex trafficking are linked. Like, let's let's just be honest. Look at this. Can you see this if I click on it? Does it stay yep, on Twitter yep, or does it go to the it. thing? Okay, look at this. House report 
113-441 from the U.S. Government Publishing Office, House of Representatives. Preventing Sex Trafficking and Improving Opportunities for Youth in Foster Care Act. Do you think they would have had to write an act to prevent kids in foster care from being sex trafficked if it wasn't a problem? Does anyone think that? <laughs> All right. So here's one. Former Colorado social worker faces mounting accusations that she baselessly took children from their homes because the, their mothers uh, wouldn't take her sexual advances. So that's a good one. Now we have, look at this, the human trafficking in America among the worst in the world. Okay. Here's another one. Human trafficking research, foster care and human trafficking, a state-by-state evaluation. Oh, what's this? Two kids for cash judges ordered to pay more than $200 million for selling children into prisons for cash. That's trafficking. Foster care. Yeah, here we go. Foster care is great. Statistically speaking, the overrepresentation of foster youth and sex trafficking. There are literal papers on this. Here we go. One Colorado foster child moved 46 times. Yeah, what do you call that other than trafficking? 46 times? Colorado child protection caseworker under investigation for falsifying documents to remove children from homes. Stop it. Stop it, Gary Dawson. Stop saying that the government is not complicit in some of this crap. Because they are. And making her uh, the villain because she's what? what? What is she the villain for? I mean... It's incredible to me. Sorry, yeah. I had your uh, private messages to me open there, Carter. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. I guess it, all it means is that if someone sees the StreamYard link, they could jump on and say hi to us right now. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, yeah, I've, I've doxed the stream. Sorry. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, that is um, – I, I, I hate to say – like. I shouldn't be surprised because I have such a low bar for anything that that bureaucrats and the administrative state does. But yeah, right? I'm I'm shocked that it's that high, mm-hmm. that it's sixty percent. I mean, that is uh, th- that's well, that's reason enough to, to dismantle the, the entire system and start over. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And you know what? Then there was this other one. I wish I'd found this. NPR reported not too long ago that foster kids who were orphans in the system, they were supposed to be receiving their social security in a, um, like a savings account so that when they turn 18, they have something that they can live on. Well, Mm -hmm. guess what? Social services took those funds and they claimed it was for their own, for the raising of these kids. But wait, it was like, wait a minute. No, the state already pays for that. That was their money left by their yeah. parents. Uh, and wow. you can't, and they did take it. And they did take it. So telling people, using it against people who say, hey, this is wrong what you guys do and the way you operate foster care is wrong. Using that against her in a, in a criminal case is outrageous. When, when CPS and, and the foster care system is so, so bad and so corrupt and everybody knows it, it is not as Gary Dawson would like you to believe, a conspiracy that kids are getting trafficked through foster care. They literally are all the time. And there are story after there's story after story after story. Missouri just lost a thousand kids. U.S. Marshals found a bunch of them in sex trafficking organizations. Look it up. Missouri DSS. Huge, huge scandal. The woman who was running it got 
bumped down to number two. Now there's somebody else in her place because of it. I can't believe that she's still employed there, but whatever. I was that's say, just the that's way her punishment. <laughs> yeah, her punishment was going from president to like VP. I mean, that, that's yeah, that's good. super disturbing. So, so this woman, what is so? What's she got now? Is she what, what's the status? She hasn't been sentenced, and I assume she can appeal. She will be sentenced in October. She can appeal. She will appeal. She has to appeal. Um, you know, and, and they're working on that. I have a bigger project happening with through with other people, too, about this case. I can't go into it now, but it's going to be, um, this is not the last you will hear of this case. And I'm determined that people will know this real story. I'm very concerned about parents who try to do the best thing that they can for their kids who they don't know an answer to. Whether there's anything wrong with your kid or not, it's not a crime to ask a doctor to check. It's not a crime. Right. It's not abuse. To ask your, no kid likes medical tests. Like, listen, I'm like, I have to talk my child into, you know, any blood test the doctor wants. And no kid wants that. But sometimes we have to do it. Um, and if your kid is having seizures and stuff, like, I just, I feel sorry for the parents, like Justina Pelletieri's parents. I mean, they did it to her. Um, they said that she had a psychological disorder because of Munchausen uh, that her parents had, and they stuck her in a psych ward. It turns out she has a very rare mitochondrial disease, which is what her parents were trying to tell them. And it took 16 months to get her back. The Drake Pardo case in Texas, same thing. Medically fragile kid, has lots of stuff wrong with him. Parents disagree with one doctor, want a second opinion. And the first doctor is like, oh, no, no, you don't. You're not second guessing me. I'm calling CPS and accusing you of medical child abuse. Again, it took them 14 months to get their son back, a wow. disabled kid. That is unacceptable. Hospitals have got to be held accountable if they are doing this. And it sure seems like they may have done it in this case. I don't know. I, I'm i not sure, but it sure seems like that to me. And that's very sad because now they've taken so much away from her. Yeah. They've taken everything. It, You know, stepping back, it's like the, the argument for granting the state the argument for giving the state power to remove children from homes is um it's based on something that i think it's compelling to a lot of people because the argument is like well there could be a horrible abuser like you know physically abusing the kids sexually abusing the kids right. like do something horrible kind of thing and you think well we 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 want someone to get this child out of that situation it's such a horrific situation and we need to rescue children from that. And like a lot of government agencies, you know, they maybe start out with this 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 pretty reasonable thing that people would say, well, yeah, like I, I, if someone's being abused, a kid's being abused, actually, like it, we need to have a way to get them out. Um, but I I wonder, I mean, I, this seems to happen to a lot of bureaucracies and it's it. And I'm wondering, I guess maybe it's now happened to, to CPS uh, to a greater extent than I thought. But you know, there's this incentive to uh, just self-perpetuate and find problems when there are none because you, you have a budget to justify and you want to grow and you want more control and you want to grow your department and get bigger and whatever it is. So you end up just looking for problems. If you're CPS in a town where there aren't any abusers, you sit around. I will be right back. Hold on one second. Right? I got, I'll, I'll be right back. Hold on. Okay. Sorry. I have, I've got a problem. Hold on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Oh, is that L? L is in chat. <laughs> I think she is. 
Maybe we should tell Al to come in. Al, Al should come into StreamYard and, and yell. Uh, let me find the link. I'll just give it to her if she wants to come in. She can. Uh, where is it? Al, I'm going to put this in. Uh, I'm going to put this on the platform that you got. I, it's, I can't. I can't even. I can't even say like the one that you got banned from because that doesn't. It's all of them. I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> doesn't oh, ruin the that doesn't. There's no specificity. Uh, and now she's gone again. I can't even find. I can't even find. Maybe she was banned again from it. Um, hold on. Yeah, I can't find it. I can't find you anymore, Al. You, your other account disappeared. All right. I don't, I'll, <laughs> I'll put said, it in gap. She somewhere. said she looks like a hobo. <laughs> you can just leave your avatar up. <laughs> I, I feel you, though. <laughs> like, there's just no chance. In certain, like, spur of the moment things, 0% chance I would ever stream. <laughs> Sorry, my kid had a... Uh, she was supposed to be on a... Zoom lesson, and she wasn't, so I had to make sure she got on it. She has her no, I think, music lesson right now. Okay. I think Elle doesn't want to come on anyway. She's saying no in chat. <laughs> um, if you want to come on, just tell me, Elle, and I'll, I'll have you go. But she, what hey, she was saying notice, in chat while, while you were Did you uh, notice that chat away, said the puberty blockers? Like, here's all these uh -huh. parents putting their kids on puberty blockers, and, like, that's fine, and that's not medical child abuse. But, like, you've got Cindy who's, like, doing what the doctors say and getting EEGs that somehow is medical abuse. I'm I'm so confused. Yeah, and 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 uh, you can get – it's considered child abuse to not give them – like, not transition them, not support their, their transition, right? I, at least right. in um, – I know that's true in Canada. I don't know if that's true in parts of the U.S. It's probably true in California, where I am. It's probably it's if you the, don't it's true where where foster care is concerned. If your kid's in um, CPS care, you can't. You have to affirm everything, um, everything that they want. I was yeah. just talking to someone who was with us in Colorado, and he had an experience like that with CPS, where he had custody or temporary custody of a child. And they told him they, that he wasn't allowed. They weren't allowed to discipline this child at all. They had to affirm whatever the child wanted. I mean, you can't raise a kid like that. You cannot right. raise kids giving them everything that they want. But yeah. Well, this is the thing. The, the state doesn't view the children as yours anymore. They're the states, right? And this is, mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's more important that they raise the kind of uh, – citizen activists than than it is that you get the rights to your parents right um mm -hmm. oh wow she's so i gotta i gotta share some of this stuff now Elle's posting <laughs> she says they're laying the groundwork for this here i'm just going to share this image i hadn't seen this i guess she's she's fired up um oh yeah she was on this topic last week and oh, she? Okay. well recently yeah so I was thinking about her this whole time. Oh my God. I saw this today. <laughs> so this the headline so is <sighs> the headline yeah. for those of you just listening, it's from the New York Times, and the headline is Maternal Instinct is a myth that men created. Wow. Ms. Conaboy is a journalist. The, the author is a journalist specializing in health. So journalist, start with that, not not a doctor, specializing in health, and the author of the forthcoming book. Mother Brain, How Neuroscience is Rewriting the Story of Parenthood, 
from which this essay has been adapted. I, it, you know what's 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 odd about this to me is the gaslighting is so blatant. It's like I don't. We have cats. We have too many cats because our kitten got pregnant. Um, or, or not our kitten. Our our main. You know, our cat got pregnant. Now we have kittens. No good. Uh, people see animals. You see animals. Anyone sees animals all the time. Uh, if you ever have animals, you ever see a female animal and a male animal. There is a difference between how they treat their young. Mm -hmm. That's not a myth. Uh, and hey, for most of human history, uh, we didn't live in 2022 where uh, it was very easy to have a kid and get daycare and go back to work and do whatever. Like that was not as easy as it is now for women. So the idea that it's a myth, that there's some sort of difference, I mean, you know, I, I almost expect the next article in the New York Times to be, it's a myth that women only women have uteruses, that men created this myth. It's like, well, I don't, I guess they have said that. I mean, <laughs> so, so crazy. Look, oh. look, all I know is as a mother having three children, I have instinct that's really weird and very animal. When they were little, um, like babies, each one of my kids would smell a certain way when they were tired and I could smell it on them. And I can't explain how I know that. I can't explain what it smelled like either. And they, they all think I'm nuts, but I could smell it on their heads. It was like something coming off of their head. And I'd be like, oh, baby's tired. Go uh -huh. put the baby down. And every time I was right, every time I was right. It's that sort of thing that we can't explain um, that is animal in nature. I'm sure of it. We're mammals for crying out loud. There's all kinds of things going on with pheromones and hor different hormones and different things that you don't even know you notice, but you notice. Right. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely believe in, um, mother knows best. I've been right so many times with my kids and what's going on with them so many times. Um, and it's un it's totally wrong for, for physicians and doctors to somehow ignore that that instinct um and pretend like they are you know they know everything because they don't they don't know everything um I, i've had plenty of times where i thought something was wrong and no one else thought it was wrong and it was wrong you know mm -hmm. yep. i mean you you have to listen to yourself i always tell people who want mothering advice what 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 should they do listen to yourself mm -hmm. if something doesn't feel right if something doesn't seem right it's not right uh and i just it kills me when I see people try and pretend that that doesn't exist. It does exist. It exists. Yeah. And I, this to me isn't a, this is probably one of the most destructive extensions of progressivism. So, I mean, progressivism is, and has been from, you know, it's, it's origin, this idea that the, that society should be run by administrative experts in Washington. Like there should be a, a giant administrative state of experts and people can't left be left alone to do their own thing uh that the experts need to tell you how to do everything and it's infuriating when it's in other areas like experts telling you you know how much corn you should grow or experts telling you like that's all annoying you know experts telling you how much you know whether whether you should smoke this thing or drink this thing or whatever that's all very annoying but it's also experts telling you how you should raise your children. And they're really getting more brazen about that. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're basically saying, well, we know the best way to, to raise the kind of children you should be raising. And if you disagree with us, you're an abuser and you're wrong. I mean, uh, I didn't, we see during COVID people accusing, I don't know if anyone was actually 
convicted of anything here, but I think we saw people accusing parents who were not masking their kids or, or following the COVID procedures as, as abusers, and right, because they weren't listening to the science of Fauci. They weren't listening to the experts telling you what to do. Um, it's really scary, yeah, it's and it's really scary, scary as a parent to think about it's this. It's really scary because if you, I, I want to share something on the screen. If you disagree with experts, you know, you can now be tried and convicted for it. That's literally what we saw just happen in this case. Now, yep. um, remember I said, remember Christopher Hallett's name? Oh, yes. Th this is why. This is Christopher Hallett here, and this is a woman named Neely Blanchard. Um, now, I want you to know, I went to the FBI after Cindy was taken by these people and, you know, trafficked around the country. And they were claiming that she was, you know, in danger from the FBI. They took her phone. Um, they were terrible to her. And they said they were helping her get her son back, but they never did. And they would take her from one place to the next, to the next, to the next. She goes and she meets with Christopher Hallett and he gives her some baloney legal documents that look like legal documents and she signs them, but nothing ever happens. Well, he did this to Neely Blanchard too. And guess what Neely Blanchard did? Well, she shot him. She shot him dead when she found out that what he told her to do, which was take her children across state lines, that, that got her arrested for kidnapping. And um, she's she was going to jail for it. So she shot him and now she's going to jail for murder. Um, I told can't say that I blame her. I mean, I, you know, murder's wrong. No, I mean, blah, blah, blah. no big loss. Yeah. Um, this yeah. person had been <laughs> had been scamming women and Neely Blanchard had enough. You know, that was it was he was going to do it to the last woman that he did it to, which was her. Um, so. There is this entire criminal organization that has been skating off, uh, skating around doing this to people and getting off scot-free until Christopher, until Christopher Halleck got shot. But I had told the FBI that these people were doing this before Christopher Halleck got shot. And I even said to them, if you don't do something about this, someone's going to get probably killed. And look what happened. Christopher Halleck gets shot dead. But somehow the mothers keep getting put in jail and not the people who are giving them all this terrible advice, posing as federal agents, posing as lawyers when they are not lawyers. Yep. Uh, this is this is an, an a criminal organization, and no one cares that they're still operating and doing these things. Field McConnell, Timothy Holmseth, uh, Kirk Pendergrass, this guy here, David Strait. Um, there are many of them. Sarah Dunklin was involved. Ryan Wilson. And yet nothing, nothing happens to them. I mean, so. it's, it's, what are you supposed to do if you're in an environment? So this is one of the reasons why I'm, uh, pessimist. Well, I want to, yeah, I'm pessimistic about the U S in its current form, uh, political, current political form surviving because we're just starting to lose, like rationally, we're starting to lose faith in our institutions. Like it's not. It's one thing to know, like, okay, sometimes justice isn't served and I get it, but there's a process and, like, I have faith in the process. But, you know, we're seeing, I mean, that 60%, I don't know how you could possibly have any faith in anything CPS does after. No, I, just knowing that stat is enough for me to go, well, that entire system is just, it, it, it might as well be run by the Russian mob. Like, I, there's not, that system can just, needs to be dismantled. I have zero trust in that system at that point and once you start to lose trust in all these institutions you see it happening to the fbi um like i don't 
that's not sustainable for a culture. You can't have a, a culture of people who just literally don't, not that they don't trust this particular instance won't result in justice, but they don't trust the process generally. It's just a, mm -hmm. it's completely untrustworthy. I, it's scary. It's And as a parent, like, I don't know, if you're a parent and, and this kind of thing happens, getting, being taken away from your child that young for three years, uh, who's that needy, is absolutely devastating. I mean, and, and guess what else? The judge in the case, Patricia Heron, who is the one who heard this case, is the same judge who put the restraining order on her when she was arrested so that she was not allowed to talk to any member of her family that talks to her son. That means her mother, her grown children. She's not allowed to talk to anyone in her family. For three years, they alienated her from her family with a restraining order. So she wasn't able to talk to her children and tell them what happened to her. She wasn't able to tell them why what happened happened. And the state turned her children against her and used them in her criminal trial to testify against her. They had two of her children testify against her. They didn't get the oldest one and neither did the defense. And I don't know why, because I talked to him. He was in my articles. His name is Jacob. Yep. And he said, this did not happen. I witnessed, this is the sickest kid I ever saw. That was his testimony. And now he's nowhere. Just no one calls him. I mean, no one calls Dr. Wong. No one calls Dr. Collins. I just, there were so many mistakes made here. And it makes me scared as a parent to now ask medical people in my life for help if I think something is wrong with one of my kids. I will be, I'm terrified to go to the doctor mm -hmm. after seeing what I've seen. And I don't know how anybody couldn't feel the same way. I'm just terrified. Sure. Sure. And at some point, I mean, I'm not, I don't know that we're at this point, but at some point, if CPS shows up at your door, at some point, you're the, the risk is, it's a, it's less of a risk to just take off with your kid and get out of the country. I mean, like, I mean, like at some point, that's right. Kind of, right. I mean, there's uh, risk there. I'm going but, at, on record and saying I would not do that. I do not <laughs> think that's a good idea. I think it's a bad idea. I think I'm not advocating much, for it. I think you're much better off. Uh, well, considering the FBI is probably monitoring me, I think you're much better off uh, finding a great lawyer and protecting yourself with a lawyer first. So knowing that it could happen and you have a plan in place in case it does happen and you have lawyers on retainer who will take care of it. But that's something that only people who make money can do. And mm -hmm. um, and so that that is not an option for people who do not have money, like single moms, like Cynthia Absog, who would not have extra money for a lawyer on retainer. Um, but I'm saying what I would do. I could see how in other people's situations where they would feel like their only hope was to run, although I would not recommend it. <laughs> You will get charged with kidnapping. You will get charged. You will go to jail. Like, that's what they're doing. Um, and so it doesn't matter how hard it is to navigate through the system. You will receive no mercy. You will not be able to use that as an excuse. You will receive no mercy. They will put the hammer of justice down on you harder than you could ever imagine, like they did to Cindy Absog. She is been screwed by this system mm -hmm. completely from beginning to end. If she had received the due process she was due in the beginning, we would not be here today. But because the children's family services and the court system, the family courts are so bad, she did not get the due process she was owed. And it, I think it drove her to make decisions that she would not normally have made. Oh um, yeah. Sure. sure. 
Yeah, and look, I'm I'm not I'm not recommending one thing to do or another. I'm I'm just saying it. You know, it it does happen that at some point that becomes a decision that like I, I you understand someone making where it's like, you know, if you speak Spanish already and you're near the border and you're like, you know what? CPS is going to show up. I can't afford, afford a lawyer. They're likely to take my kid away. I understand that I'll be accused and, and convicted if caught for, of kidnapping. Yeah. But you know what? We're going to go live with uh, Abuelita in in Mexico and like, oh, well. Oh, well. I found there was one story. Um, I don't remember her name now, but there was a mom who ran to Canada after being going through the family court system several times and being ruled against. And the father in the case was a noted abuser by like already the abuse was was a recorded by the cps system and it didn't matter the judge kept ruling with him so she did take her child and run to canada and she sought asylum it's a very interesting case hmm. and she got it she got asylum in canada the canadian yeah. government said the the family court there looked at her records and said we're not sending you back to that. We're not sending your child back to that. You are safe in Canada. And they let her stay. And she's been there ever since. And uh, wow. no extradition, no nothing. Um, so there is a problem with our family court system. If the Canadian court system can look at it and go, <laughs> this person needs asylum. Like, that's serious. Yeah. 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 It is. It is. I I don't I, I I don't know I don't how is there a way to help Cynthia getting back to this case mm -hmm. is there does she have okay, a GoFundMe so, or anything no or? no and if she, the second she sets one up they will use it against her they used it against her in court that she had a GoFund she had two GoFundMe's while she was trying to raise money for legal expenses she raised a total of get this nineteen thousand dollars which they attempted to say was some kind of giant windfall that doesn't even pay for one of her attorneys, okay? Not even one. Do you know how much attorneys cost? You need a $10,000 retainer, and then you're, you're talking times 10, like three, four, five times that amount is what you're gonna end up paying in, in, a, in a typical yep. case like this. 50,000 is what she'd probably needed. She only got 19. They tried to make it sound like some kind of scam. It's like, do you not She's know retiring what She's retiring now. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> $19,000 is nothing. And yet, and she even said on the stand, because she did take the stand because her lawyer left too many holes. So she had to, she had to answer questions. It was like, yeah. she felt that like she had to because he left too many unanswered questions. They asked her about the GoFundMe. And she, at some point she goes, I didn't know it was illegal to open a GoFundMe. I, I, you know, <laughs> why are you asking me oh, this? Right. Is it illegal? Is it against the law? I'm not allowed to open and go fund me to pay for my legal expenses that you people made me have. Right. Ugh. But if she opens up another one, it'll just they'll just use it against her again. Because now yeah. they, they like to say that that people with her disorder that they think she has these medical child abusers seek attention. They're attention seekers. Again, even if she was, is that a crime? If you're an I'm an attention seeker. I'm a total attention seeker. I will claim it right now. Uh, but that's me, you know, like I hear, I hear CPS light. knocking on your door. I mean, I'm like, I'm all about the attention. That's lots of people are like this. Uh, I don't mind it. I like it. I like the spotlight. I'll sing you a tune. Like, what do you, you know, why is that a crime? What they yeah. had is so thin. 
And yet they told this story and the prosecutor, here's the other thing he did. He made the jury afraid of the people in the gallery by treating them like they were under threat and making police officers walk with them and making a big deal about them feeling intimidated. We weren't even anywhere near wherever they said they were intimidated. So we don't know who they were talking about. They were talking about probably some other group standing in front of the courthouse. We were like under trees, way away from the door, like paying no attention to anyone else but ourselves, you know, eating our lunch, eating our fries in, in that hot sun. There's nowhere to go. You know, you have like an hour for lunch. You can't go to lunch. You have to like get food, bring it back. Like, you know, sit. we're not paying attention to anyone. We're not doing anything. And yet we go into court. And the prosecutor's like, oh, Your Honor, I have a, an issue to talk to you about. Uh, the jurors are feeling intimidated by people standing outside. It's like, what? What people? Where are these people? Like, I've been watching. There's no people. There's no group of people. There's like, we had like five people with us and we're like way away. I don't know. It was so crazy. And they made the jury believe that they were in some kind of danger from QAnon. Like, right? In fact, one guy that was one of Cindy's friends. There's an insurrection who, in front of the courthouse, Your Honor. <laughs> one of Cindy's friends was wearing a tag that said not QAnon. It was like a name tag and it said not QAnon because they were just being so ridiculous. Like trying. And in fact, they outed the fact that there was an AA sponsor in the, um, you know how you're not supposed to talk about AA? Like that's mm -hmm. anonymous, right? Well, the prosecutor made a re made a um, suggestion that someone in a photograph, he said to someone on the stand, who is that person in the photograph? Do you see him here in the courtroom today? And the person on the stand was like, I don't see him. And the prosecutor said, well, stand up and look around. So she stands up, she looks around and oh, yes, there he is. He's right there. This guy behind me with the not QAnon sticker. And then the defense attorney gets up and he says, who is that person? To you who is that right there and uh the prosecutor objected he didn't want anyone to tell the jury who this person was that he just kind of insinuated was this shadowy figure on a photograph <laughs> but he, he he lost that objection and they got to to introduce this man that he was trying to make everyone afraid of that's her aa sponsor She's been in AA for over 20 years and his, her spot, and the prosecutor was like, but he's in AA, you can't say that. You can't. It's like, well, you brought it up. So now we have to, because you're making them think that he's some kind of criminal and he's an AA sponsor. Like he's her only support who's been here in Colorado with her and he's a witness and like, he's a good guy. And like, he's not QAnon, clearly says so on his name tag, but they wanted everyone to believe we were all QAnon. It was so crazy. Like, QAnon's not even a thing. I, I, I kept wanting to oh, well, stand well, up. Also, also. Stop! There's no even thing as QAnon. If QAnon were a thing, it's not child abuse to believe in conspiracy theories. It's not child abuse to be part of a weird belief system. Like, that's not child abuse. That's not, like, that is just throwing mud at her trying to make her look bad without actually that's not an argument it's not a it's not a reason to take her kids away it's not like for a tweet that she tweeted it was a retweet of somebody's petition to stop child trafficking he was like did you sign this and she was like yes yes i did i, I did i'm very against child trafficking you know like what but i swear to you that jury they heard QAnon, and that was it for them they were yep. just like it's over. I mean, and the media did it does. They got three moms with QAnon mom in the headline 
They were all connected to this children's crusade group and none of them connected the children's crusade group to each of these moms. I'm like the only person I know of. Oh, besides Will Summer at the Daily Beast. Got to give him credit where credit's due. Yep. He actually did write a very good article about the, the children's crusade. It's probably one of the only ones besides mine that's out there um, about these people and how they behave. And why are they never arrested? We really need to start asking that question because I've got a lot of questions about why um, they've never been arrested. And Gretchen Whitmere mm. comes to mind, if uh -huh. you know what I mean. What comes to mind? Gretchen Whitmere and her oh, yeah, kidnapping yeah. comes to yeah, mind. Yeah, sure, that comes to mind. Yeah. Is this another FBI uh, front group trying to bring in people that they set up for crimes? Because it sure seems like they never get arrested. They are never fingered for anything. They keep the super low profile and nobody knows about them except me and Will Summer at the Daily Beast. <laughs> and no, no one bothers that? to investigate them, even no. when told about them. No. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, yeah. I, you know what? I, you know what? I, it also reminds me of there was a moment during, I, you know, OK, I'm going to sound like a QAnon person, but I don't care. There was a moment <laughs> during uh, Alex Jones's trial recently where the prosecutor was trying to make him look crazy, which is probably easier than making uh, Cynthia look crazy. But uh, she's trying to make Alex Jones look crazy. Um, and you've been on his show. He has some ideas that are sure out there sometimes. <laughs> um, but the to do it, the prosecutor says, uh, well, you he I, I'm paraphrasing, but something to the effect of, well, you believe your you government believe that uh, there's like a sex trafficking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. High level government goes, officials are involved in like, yeah. Like Jeffrey Epstein. He's like, you mean like Jeffrey Epstein and the Clintons? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes. That's yes. in the news. Yes. It's in the news. I felt the same way when he was like, did you accuse the government of being evil? And all of us on my row looked at each other like, uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> <evil. laughs> I don't know what else you call this government. Like we napalm people and stuff like this is not a good government by any stretch. And and like you're trying to make someone look bad because she said the government is evil. The court system is evil. It clearly is. If you've ever done any research on false convictions, this government is not good, okay? It's not good at this. It's not good at putting guilty people in jail. It's not good at deciding which wars are useful and which ones aren't. It's not good at deciding what collateral damage should be. This, this government is bad. It's bad all the way around. And anybody, and I'm allowed to say that. And Cindy's allowed to say that. And you're allowed to say it. You're allowed to say, fuck the government. Fuck the state. I, I, you're allowed to say all of that. And I wanted to stand up Hallelujah. in the trial, hey. stand up in the trial and be like, "I think the government's evil too. I think they're trafficking kids through foster care system too. I don't. Why is there? Why is this a thing that you can go to jail for? We have a First Amendment right to say these things about our government. We have a First Amendment right to hold them accountable for the shit they do, which is bad. It's bad. Yeah. It's all bad." Remember when they yeah. got us into a war in Iraq because they said that he had weapons of mass destruction? Remember how evil and bad that was? Went like bombed Baghdad because of that. And it wasn't mm -hmm. true. It was false. Remember the babies were being torn out of incubators and thrown yep. on the ground? Yeah. That wasn't true. That wasn't true. That was She a was lie. like a Saudi princess or something. Just making it. Who was she? I forget. She was some plant. Yeah, she was connected to some State Department person. <laughs> yeah. She was a State Department kid. 
Uh, yeah, it was a, a bunch of garbage. There were no babies being thrown outside of incubators. It was just being used to make America okay with war. That's always what they do. It's constantly, you know, justifying their evil by by lying to us. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I could never say that the government of the United States is not evil. I mean, I'm sorry, but whatever. That's no, how of I course it. not. And and I think I think one of the tipping points, something that's happening in you see it with FBI's. Uh, characterization of of militant violent extremist iconography iconography right that, that they they released recently right or they was leaked recently um but people who in the past people who were i'll call them patriots people who were patriots who like loved the concept of the united states conflated the government and the united states and it was together they were they tended to be like mm-hmm. oh i i love i love the u.s and that includes you know the government generally and now what's happening is a lot of <laughs> people anymore. are realizing that like oh to be a patriot i actually need to despise the government oh it's yeah the- waco can you say waco <laughs> yeah. ruby ridge uh, this is not a good government it's a bad government it's been bad for a long time and there's all and if i'm in right. danger by saying that if, if i'm in danger of losing my liberty because i have said that the government is a dangerous and evil uh creation of man that should be uh, reduced to the smallest possible um, element, mm-hmm. and that means mm-hmm. I would I would destroy the Department of Education. I would burn it to the ground. I would I would get rid of all of it. I would get rid of the ATF. I get rid of the FBI. I get rid of every single federal every single federal organization. I want to see destroyed every yep. single mm-hmm. one. Department of Homeland yeah. Security gone. TSA gone. All of this mm-hmm. gone. It is so bad. And anybody who's saying it's not bad. You're not paying attention. These organizations, these federal agencies, the EPA, out of control, ruining people's lives, destroying people's lives over some kind of fish or otter or thing. Lizard, it's outrageous. Whatever. The FDA shedding down Amish farmers. Yep. Like, For raw milk. Right. Thank you. Raw milk. Right. right. Raw milk is a crime. You can't drink raw milk. Humans have been living on it for thousands of years, but now the, you can't drink raw milk because you are now involved in a criminal organization if you do so. These agencies are out of control, and it is not a crime to say so loudly, to tweet it, to no, – it's not a crime. The justice system is corrupt. We know yeah. that this is happening. I have done a 27-part series on it in Missouri. Don't don't piss on me and tell me it's raining, Gary Dawson. <laughs> don't do that because there's plenty of evidence that you're wrong. And, and that this really is a problem and trying to gaslight women and people and the American public. See, it's very insidious, very insidious. A, a, a conviction like this sends a message. It sends a message to the people out there like me, like you, uh, like Juliet, who say, we don't like this government. This government is going the wrong way. It sends a message to us that if you go too far, we'll lock you up too. Mm-hmm. Look at how they did this to her. They don't want her talking about how bad this is and how bad the system was and what they did to her. You don't want her talking. I have never seen people want someone in jail so badly than these people. She's going to be sentenced in October. She faces up to three years. I believe they're going to give her every year. I hope that that's not true. But the judge in this case who's doing the sentencing hates her. It's very clear. She has made that clear throughout the trial. I don't I don't see this, this going any other way. Hopefully there'll yeah. be a stay of execution because of her... Um, or a stay of sentence because of her appeal, but who knows? Who 
knows. But I'm on it till the end and I'm not going anywhere on this case. I'm definitely going to keep following it because the fight is not over. The fight is going to continue. But I would encourage all of you out there to look up the cases of Justine Pelletieri, uh, Drake Pardo, Melissa Deagle. There are all sorts of cases out there where parents disagreed with, with doctors and it ended in tragedy in jail for the parents. And that's something that I think we should all be concerned about. The medical institution is one that we cannot afford to lose faith in. We cannot. We cannot. We've just been through a pandemic and everyone's lost faith in them anyway because of the terrible things, say, decisions yeah. that they made. But yet, do you see what's happening? Like, we we can't even trust our own doctors anymore. That's a bad sign, you guys. It's a horrible sign. But, I mean, I, I think in, in many ways it's true because a lot of these people, this prosecutor and and a lot of the people that are involved are – they're part of the apparatus that is rotten. And so they have a vested interest in legitimizing the system, right? A doctor who reports people has a vested interest in – and this system, you know, reacting to what he says positively and not dismissing it. And like, so th there's a, there, the, the medical establishment, and I think, you know, the more the government gets involved in the medical industry, the more this is true. The medical establishment starts to fuse with, with the state. It reminds me of something that um, Zuckerberg said in his Joe Rogan interview, which I know everyone has seen, like the, that clips going around where he's mm -hmm. saying the FBI came to, came to them and, he, he made some comment. I think I wrote it down. He says, um, he says, if the FBI, which I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's very professional law enforcement. I don't know what that means. They wear suits. Uh, if they come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something, then I want to take that seriously. Now, now, what's interesting to me about this is I would agree with that if the FBI came and said, uh, we've had bomb threats against facebook you should take that seriously. like okay that like that's a you take that seriously but in 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 a world with a free press in a in a in a in a culture in which we're supposed to hold our government accountable the fbi saying we think you should take these stories down that meet this criteria the proper response is yes, yes no <laughs> You go get a warrant. If you think we yeah. should do something, get a warrant to search stuff or get a court order. But otherwise, you are – you might be a legitimate law enforcement institution. It doesn't matter whether you're legitimate. You don't have the – you don't have the authority to tell us what stories we should take down and what stories we shouldn't right. take down. That's not in your jurisdiction. You don't have the authority. And frankly, the fact that you're in my office asking about that and suggesting that we should censor on your behalf – is a red flag that yes, you have flag. That means, way off that the means rails. Should, that means we should tell it more. That means we should dig into it yes. more. We should not right. be giving the, these agencies that are that are arms of the state any leeway. None. They lie to us all the time. They have lied to get us into wars. They have lied to get us. I, they have lied to get us into lockdown. They lied to get us to stay home to ruin our businesses. These are not people who should be trusted in any way. Fuck them. Like mm -hmm. no. Like mm -hmm. the, the and there's no obligation only. to trust them. No obligation. Zero. There's no reason to trust them. When was the last time? Look, the Tuskegee experiments. Can we please just have some historical context about what the government is capable of in this country? I am sorry. I am one of these people who had an awakening that my country is actually the government is as evil as any yep. other uh, government out there. I came to that conclusion just a couple of years ago. I was like raw, raw America until I figured out 
holy shit, they lie all the time <laughs> about everything, yeah. about everything, yeah. literally yeah. everything. And I felt stupid for believing them. For mm-hmm. so I believed them about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. And I'm not ashamed to say I believe them because lots of people believe them like that. You're mm-hmm. supposed to trust these people. They're supposed to be the ones that care about you, but they don't. The government doesn't care about you at all. Just remember Waco and the fireball that engulfed the children and the women. Mm-hmm. If you think that the government cares about you, they don't give a shit about you. And they don't give a shit about your kids either. They'll burn them alive. That's the government you live under. I'm mm-hmm. sorry to bring it to you. I'm sorry to tell you this. That is the truth. Yeah. I just assume the worst. Thank you, Johnny <laughs> Quickdraw. Assume the worst. And more often well, a lot than of not, you'll be can't... correct about the government. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of people can't separate what's the the beautiful language written in the Declaration of Independence or other founding documents from what the government is today. And they are the government today is an enemy of everything the founding fathers tried to implement. Yep. Early on. Like if you're that's why I'm but saying if you're a patriot, you need happen. to oppose the government. They knew. Yeah. Yeah. They knew killing America. They uh-huh. fully knew this was going to happen. They told us this was going to happen, yes. which is why yeah. they wrote the Declaration of Independence, where they said, when 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 these evils are no longer tolerable, so men will tolerate it as long as it is tolerable. Have we reached the intolerable part yet? I feel we have reached that it is now intolerable, but I don't know what to do about it because I'm not I'm not for civil war. I don't I don't no. like that option. I've never liked that option. There must be a different option then brother against brother again, because that is going to be terrible if that is the case. But these evils are intolerable and watching people's rights be trampled and stomped on with no recourse and the whole world going, oh yeah, that tracks. Like, oh yeah, QAnon mom, lock her up, lock her up. Look at the law. Please look at the law. Please look at what evidence means and please look at what innocent unless proven guilty actually means because that did not happen in this case. And there are plenty of people who have been locked up unjustly. Cindy Absag is going to be one of them if they put her in prison. Um, Her conviction, in my opinion, is completely out of left field. And it was just simply because she, her case was not litigated correctly. Um, and I don't know if that was her defense attorney's fault or not. I really don't. I can't, I can't tell you. I don't know if it was his style that was the wrong thing or he really just believed that no one could possibly convict on this, this little of evidence. Um, but it's, it's scary. It's very scary. Have, have you talked to him afterwards? Has he said, oops? A, a little, a little, but I, nothing that I can really talk about that means anything. I mean, it, it uh-huh. didn't. It didn't give me what I wanted. So, yeah. Um, no, but we're not done. This case will be known. It will be known. If it's the last thing I do, this case, the ins and outs of it will be known on a national level. If I have anything to say about it, it will be done um, because it is so important. You know, one of the things I thought about as I was listening to the some of the testimony against her from people who interacted with her on a daily basis is it's not a crime to not be liked by people. And, and a lot of this really felt like this was a woman who rubbed some people the wrong way and this is their revenge against her. And it has all been a revenge episode after episode in this case. And I can't tell you why they don't like her. I like her very much. Um, I, but it's not a crime. I have a lot of people who don't like me. I rub them the wrong way. School administrators, school teachers, school, you know, yeah. Can you imagine dealing with me, Carter? Can you imagine what that's 
I find the two hours of the show every once in a while pretty pretty tough. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, you, would, you would be, I think you would be a pleasure to deal with, but that's because um, I I like yeah, the tenacious bulldog kind of get but to imagine, the true thing. But if I were a school administrator, school I would run screaming from you. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, put yourself in the shoes of a school administrator who has to deal with me. And yeah. you can maybe understand that you know, these personal problems can become much, much bigger. And we have a system that is now uh, encouraging that to happen. And that concerns me deeply. I think that people should be able to work out their differences without the interference of the state. And mm-hmm. you should you should understand as a school administrator that you're going to be dealing with all types of personalities. And just because a mom is overprotective, uh, guilty, guilt, right here, I'm guilty of being overprotective of my children. Um, just because a parent is overprotective does not make them an abuser. It makes them a different style of parent than you're used to dealing with. And you need more grace to deal with them if, if it's not your cup of tea. But you don't turn to the authorities and ask them to do your job for you, which is uh, to interact with all different types of people. Really, that's what we're talking about here is a bunch of people who decided we don't want to deal with her anymore. So we'll stick the state on her. And that happens more often than anyone me wants of, to do. Yeah. It, some of the tactics that you described remind me of some stuff that happened to Lisa Hansen, who we had on the show a while ago. I think she also went to jail for a little while. This was for not closing her business during COVID or opening it back up during COVID. Um, but they mm-hmm. played all these weird tactics, which it sounds like they did with Cynthia, too, where they would, like, not tell her that she had a court hearing like scheduled or she would find out uh-huh. through some unofficial official channel and then show up and like not be given access to stuff some of yep. that at stuff here Same. was was really it was like so blatantly not due process but due process only matters if anyone in the government gives a crap and if they don't right. like they you don't. and they don't care they don't it doesn't matter right they don't they care that she never had her 72 hour um evidentiary hearing after they take your son you know you're after they take your kid you're supposed to have an evidentiary hearing she never got that um and the communication between the attorney and her was extremely poor the attorney never talked to her until i got involved which should never happen if your attorney is being has appointed by the county they're supposed to be you know working for you on your behalf and that didn't happen so much didn't happen that it was very hard to tell her, trust the system, use the system, the system works, you know, or it will work right. eventually. I mean, how do you tell someone who's been screwed in every way by the system that to stay there? And that, that was my advice was to, well, we, we will find an attorney. We will keep looking for the right attorney because once you find one, the one that's good, you're in good hands and you'll be okay. That was my advice. And it's very hard to listen to that. Um, while other people are like, oh, no, we can solve this for you tomorrow. Here's what you have to do. You have to do this. And, and they're never going to help you. You know, it was just it was just a it's just a horrible system to be caught in. Anyone who's been in it knows this. The family court system is an absolute nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Talk to uh, Greg. What's his name? The guy that was in. Uh, he's Johnny Depp's friend who was in Pirates of the Caribbean. Greg. I'm going to forget his last name now, but he wrote a book called The Respondent. You can look it up on Amazon. I interviewed him on my podcast um, on pjmedia.com, and he was 
caught in the child custody family court of California and they turned him into an abuser and they turned him into the bad guy. And he wrote an entire book about it where he goes around the country talking to people who are in uh, Greg Ellis, that's his last name, Ellis, who are in the same court system telling their stories. And it's, it's amazing. I hear the same things over and over again. They kept me out of my own hearing. I wasn't allowed to speak on my own behalf. My evidence wasn't presented to court. This is a story that goes on again and again and again. So for anyone to not believe Cindy Absog experienced this, it's crazy. Because that's right. how they behave. I have record after record after record of people in these courts reporting the same things. Um, and no one in authority cares to fix it. And that's where the, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Megan, it's been just about two hours. I feel like we've kept you forever and we should probably uh, we should probably let you go. Where can where can people find you? Where can they find your work? Um, And yeah. I'm on PJ Media, pjmedia.com. Check out my columns there that I'm supposed to be writing every day. This week has been really challenging uh, due to the schedule and what we were doing and uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Megan Fox Writer. I am also on Gab at Megan Fox, and I am on Getter at Megan Fox Writer. I think. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds very active I there. I see. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't check. And you have a YouTube channel, I, right? Oh yeah, the YouTube channel, right? Which I have totally been neglecting and have not done hardly any uploading rate recently, but I will fire that back up this week but that is on youtube you can find me there by um usually if you type in megan fox pj media it comes up and not that other one with the toe thumbs <laughs> sometimes she right comes not up. the not the it's hard to find me on youtube if you find me like you win you win a prize because it's hard to find all right all right well <laughs> uh look <laughs> um thank you so much for joining julia is there any final words you've got that i'm forgetting did we forget anything no, 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 no. You can find me on Gab. <laughs> they already <Okay>. know that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone. We have. I don't know if we have a 451 degrees tomorrow with Alex. I don't know if we have Rebel Civics on Wednesday. Probably we'll have Dangerous Thoughts with me on Wednesday night. But uh, the other stuff, I just don't know. Maybe Beverly knows. She can always pop herself onto the camera and say something if she wants to. Wait, I'll check the private chat before we end. She doesn't say anything. About oh, here we go. There's no 451. There will be a Rebel Civics probably live. There's going to be a Token Minority Report on Thursday. Yay! All right, awesome. All right, well, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Megan, so much for your time. It's always a pleasure to have you. I hope uh, you didn't need too many margaritas for this conversation. <laughs> no, just one margarita and a beer. I, I'm good. I'm good. I remember last time it took a long time, so I brought drinks with me. I was like, yes, I'm bringing right. two, just in case. I'm bringing two. So I, well, we're not like John Della Rose. It's not going to be a nine-hour stream. Uh, so it's just just a couple hours of, of conversation. So thank you, Megan, again. Thanks, right, everyone, thanks, for watching. Guys. See you later. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, 
and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. It would be better for your health if you forgot what you just heard. That should be easy for someone of your intelligence. The following co-conspirators are hereby ordered to watch CNN. Experts agree that 87,000 new tax collectors will make inflation feel like less of a problem. I think we can agree that the FBI's track record speaks for itself. If you think about it, only government-sanctioned experts should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice courtesy. Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.